And while you're turning there, I'll go ahead and give you uh, just kind of a repeat of the announcements, things we've got going on and things we need to be uh, mindful of. Don't forget, my very important announcements next Sunday is going to be our Vision Sunday for 2021. I'm very excited about that and looking forward to that. It's really the official start to the new year for me here at our church. And I like to get past the early week, the first week of the year before we have it, and get settled into the new year. And just really looking forward to that. I want to encourage you, if you can be here, be here for that. If you can't, be sure to tune in, uh, because this is where we kind of set the bullseye that we're going to be shooting at all throughout the year and the vision for what God has laid upon our heart. And uh, if you're a part of Central Baptist Church, you're a part of that vision of the direction God would have us to go. And you don't have to know what lay in store for us as far as what the world has in store to know that God has something in store for us as long as we are here. And as long as we are drawing breath, and I'm looking forward to being a part of the will of God for my life personally and then collectively as part of our church. And so next Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, we'll begin uh, the service as usual, some good music. We Brother Heath's going to be back. Our choir will be back next week. Looking forward to that. And they're going to have our, uh, our video that really explains it all to you. And we're going to be preaching about that. So make plans to be here or to be tuning in. And uh, as I will repeat, oftentimes here in the next few days and weeks, be sure our have-tos don't become habits. I know we have to be away right now. I know out of the goodness of your heart, a lot of our folks are staying away right now, but as soon as you have the opportunity to be here and feel safe being here, I'm not going to ask you to do anything that you feel unsafe doing, uh, but in some ways, we're going to have to take personal responsibility for ourselves here a little bit, uh, not only physically, but spiritually. And uh, I think if we could have done a whole lot more of that on a nationwide basis, we probably would have been a whole lot better. Uh, but oftentimes folks don't take personal responsibility and it puts others at risk and we have to uh, take more collective uh, efforts on that. So we're trying to do that this year in our church. Don't want to close the doors. I plan on being here. The doors are going to be open if we get down to 5 or 10. Because everybody's staying home, we're going to have them open for those that need to come. And I want to encourage you to be here if you can next Sunday at 11 o'clock or tune in. And then next Sunday night, 5 o'clock, this service a week from tonight, we're going to begin sharing some of the plans for the new year as far as how uh, we're going to go about the will of God and some particular projects here on property and then projects as far as ministry. We're also going to kind of have some staff spotlight next Sunday night and explain about some new folks that we have working here in our church in different areas that we're going to begin subcontracting some of the ministries here in our church. And I'm excited about different folks that have come on board that are helping us with some things. That way you'll know who to turn to for different areas of our ministry here at our church who can probably answer the question quicker than I can uh, and get back with you sooner than I do. And uh, I want to uh, be a blessing in that this year. So we've got some folks who are going to be focusing in on specific areas of ministry. We'll kind of help you with that uh, next Sunday night. And we're going to honor some folks. I always love honoring folks and giving some folks appreciation for things they've done. And uh, the last year was very trying. It was very burdensome for everybody here, not just staff, but our members as well. And there have been a few folks who have really stepped up and, uh, and helped bear the burden over the last few months at our church. And I appreciate that more than you know. Uh, I do want to thank you personally from the bottom of my heart for all that was done for us in uh, the last year. I'm going to try not to say it this service, but in the last year. And uh, I want you to know this. I appreciate all the Christmas gifts and all the things that were done for us personally, but the things that have meant the most to my family over the last, uh, last 10, 11 months has just been the encouragement. Uh, you have no idea. You have no idea the encouragement that you have been to us and, uh, and just being here uh, and the encouraging words and the notes from time to time. I assure you, I'm kind of like Mark Twain. Mark Twain says he can live for, I think it was uh, six months on a good compliment. I can live for a good six or 12 months on just a little bit of encouragement. And you've been that to us 
and it's meant a lot to us. I've tried not to have any public breakdowns. I try to do that all in private. Uh, as a matter of fact, my wife said on the way here tonight, she says, you know, you might better tell everybody that you're purposely not shaving so they don't think that you're having a breakdown. They might just think you're in depression and having a breakdown. What it was was really after we got out for Christmas holiday, I said, you know what? I'm not going to shave here on the Christmas break. I'm just going to let it grow out a little bit. And my wife didn't complain too much. And I figure if the world's going to end real soon, at least I ought to know what it's like one time in my life to grow it out just a little bit. But the Michael says the cool guys have facial hair. And so I'm trying to grow it out just a little bit. But no, I'm not having a breakdown. I'm choosing to grow it out just a little bit. My wife hasn't griped about it. And she's been the only reason I have never grown uh, facial hair out. She said it tickles her when I give her a kiss. And I like to give her a kiss. And so I've just kept it smooth shaven all these years. But to be honest with you, I, I'm serious. The encouragement has been wonderful. I appreciate it. Keep smiling, all right? I told her the AJ at lunch today, I says, it's tough crowd when folks aren't smiling while you're preaching. So try to smile every once in a while. I know sometimes, look, even the best of preachers can lay an egg from time to time in delivery, all right? The Word of God is never an egg, but sometimes a preacher can lay an egg. And uh, I'll tell you, the last few months have been much of a distraction on our study time. And sometimes we're just glad to get out of the pulpit without people throwing tomatoes at us. So you just smile anyway, all right? Because God's going to give you what you need. But next Sunday night, we're going to honor some folks who've been a particular encouragement to me over the last uh, last nine months for sure. And uh, don't forget, announcement-wise, real quick, I'm not going to preach long, I don't think, tonight. Don't forget to go by the welcome desk and get the protocols that we're going to try to operate off of in the new year. Look, we're not trying to be the police or sheriff, but I do believe if we'll operate off of this out of the goodness and desire to keep everybody else safe, I believe we can just continue to have these services. You look around tonight, you look around this morning, we're missing a lot of people, but that's okay. It's because we're looking out for one another, and I believe that's what we should be doing right now. And as long as we do that and we don't show up sick after, you know, being at a birthday party where everybody had the virus, if we don't do that, we're able to stay in here together. And it's my job as a pastor to look after our church, and that's not just uh, spiritual threats. That's physical threats as well. You know, you read in the Old Testament when someone had leprosy or someone had a disease, they put them outside of the camp. There was a time of separation, of quarantine. It's a totally biblical thing. And what were they doing? Separating the threat from the populace of the people. And so we try to do that as best we can, but we'd like to keep the doors open. And I believe if we'll just, if we'll just uh, abide by these, we can do just that over the coming days and weeks. Don't forget, also, I brought in my Bible calendar tonight. Uh, if you haven't gotten one, be sure to get you one. I know the year has already started, but you don't have too much to catch up. If you haven't gotten one, I would encourage you to get by. These are high quality, and it'll give you a wonderful opportunity to read through the Bible as well as the Psalms and Proverbs multiple times throughout the year. This is my personal one, and I've enjoyed using it. It'll help keep you on track, and we'll kind of mention some of that in the message tonight. Uh, also, don't forget to get it by the bookstore. We've got some new stuff for the new year, and excited about that. And then finally, uh, as far as camp is concerned, winter retreat, uh, this has been a doozy, I'll be honest with you, trying to plan this thing out, especially in the heightened state that we're in right now with a spike. And uh, I am determined by the grace of God to feel comfortable that we need to move forward with having a winter retreat for our young people. Uh, Brother Matthews and I have talked extensively over this many, many times, and we've come up with a happy medium for how we're going to do this. And so pay close attention. I'm not sure if some of this will be a disappointment or a good thing, not quite sure, but it's what we feel comfortable doing right now. Uh, what we're going to do is rather than have the camp exactly the way we normally have it. Uh, we're going to meet up here, what is it, on Thursday morning? Thursday morning to go to camp, uh, and we're going to leave for camp, and we're going to have camp all day at camp. 
Uh, but then we're going to come back and be here at 10 o'clock on Thursday night, correct? Uh, and then on Friday morning, we're going to meet back up here again early that morning, load up on the bus, and we're going to camp again and spend all day at camp. So basically, we're going to be having a day camp, and I'll tell you why. This was not what we wanted to do, but I felt most comfortable doing this because the cabins are small. Uh, we're going to be sleeping in close proximity to everybody. We're going to be using the same showers and same restrooms. And uh, teenagers aren't known for hygiene, all right? Let's just be honest. They're not known for that. And uh, we were going to try to tell them, all right, every person, once you use the sink, wipe it down. Use the shower, wipe it down. And I was thinking to myself, what are the odds that's really going to happen? Uh, come on, parents, amen, because they probably don't do it at your house either. And so... Uh, me and Brother Matthews threw around four different options of what we we're going to do. We even got down to possibly having a youth revival on Thursday night, Friday night here, and that was all. But we want to have some type of a camp retreat experience, so that's what we're going to do. So mom and dads, you do get to get rid of them for most of the day on Thursday or Friday, uh, but you get them back at night, all right? So we're going to keep kind of be like grandparents this week. You know, we keep them for a little while, and then we send them home. But by the time we send them home, they should be tired. So it's been very fluid. It wasn't until this morning that we really came up with how we're going to do this. And if you parents were planning on going to the beach or the mountains while your kids were gone, I'm so sorry about that. Drop them off with the grandparents, all right? And you can go on to the, the beach or the mountains. But just want to keep this thing safe. Um, I'm not terribly worried about the physical health, okay? I'm, I'm not. I'm really not. Because we see the statistics are, are not terrible as far as that's concerned. Uh, but we do want to be safe. What I am more concerned about right now is the disruption in our regular church services. Our kids represent a lot of families. And those kids go home and we incubate the virus at camp and the kids are not necessarily ones that are really susceptible to it, but they can carry it. Uh, you know, and they take it home, and then they get our family sick, then we've been punched in the guts right here at the beginning of the year, and a lot of people are out of church and need to be in church right now, and so we had to take the big picture into consideration, and uh, I feel comfortable with it, and so bear with us. Don't get mad at Brother Matthews or Miss Stacy. I promise. Uh, I kind of I had to... Um, see what they thought on it, and they thought the same thing. And Brother Matthews, he's got boys. He knows that boys are not hygienic, okay? So, no, not really. Uh, so that's what we're going to do, and we'll have more details about that. I guess on Wednesday night, we can kind of hammer out any, any extra details. But thank you for bearing with us on that. And I was determined that so we're going to start the year off right by not canceling something. Uh, this was the first event on our calendar. Did not want to cancel anything whatsoever if the Lord gave us peace about that. And he did. We just had to tweak it a little bit. So we're going to have fun, and we're going to send them home tired, and they shouldn't bug you or bother you when they come home on Thursday. All right, Ephesians chapter 5. Remain seated tonight. We're going to read several, several verses. I don't normally read a lot, but we are for the sake of, uh, of the context tonight. And I'm going to give you a little different message, a little delivery, a little more expositional thought, uh, very simple. I'm going to give you a title, and uh, I might give you a couple of points, but really we're just going to go down through these verses. I want to show you something important as we prepare for next week. Next week is the official kickoff to our church's new year. And as the message tried to allude to this morning, I want us prepared for that as best we can. And uh, I think tonight's going to help us do that. So Ephesians 5, look down at verse 1. The Bible says, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. And walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. With fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it, not be let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks." 
For this you know that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them, for ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light. In the Lord walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is... For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light, for whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and rise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Verse 17, notice what the Bible says here, our key text tonight. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Let's pray one more time. Father, thank you again for your word. Thank you for our church and wonderful spirit. Thank you for looking after us the way you have. Now we pray you would prepare our hearts for this new year. That it would be a different year by who, uh, Lord, you make us to be and who we submit to be. And I pray you take your word tonight and expand it in our hearts that we'd see exactly the message you've sent. And I thank you for that, for it's in Jesus' name. Amen. I think every year around this time, I probably utter to my wife uh, the phrase that this is going to be my year. Anybody ever uttered those words? This is going to be my year. This is the year that, and I'm sure we could all fill in the blanks one way or the This is the year that you lose weight, or this is the year that whatever it is. But I think I say this around every, this time every year, this is going to be the year, or this is going to be my year. And we looked this morning at how we start this year it has a lot to do with how we finish the year. And I don't know about you, but I have goals. I don't really make New Year's resolutions. I try to be resolved in what I decide to do and try to make up my mind and stick with it and have some courage and boldness about it. But I don't normally make New Year's resolutions, but I do have goals for the new year. And I desire to have a fruitful year this year. I want to have a fulfilling year. I want to be able to fulfill the will of God, what he has left me here to do at the time he's given me. And I want to fulfill his will and have a fruitful year, winning others to Christ uh, and pointing Christians to a closer walk with him. But having a fruitful year, that's what I want to key in on tonight, is not something we can decide today and it's done. All right? It's like losing weight. It's like reading a book. It's like doing better financially or whatever it is you desire to do in the new year. It's not a decision that you can make tonight and the decision's made. It's actually a decision you're going to be making over the next 362 days. And what we end up with at December 31st of 2021 is the result of what we did with what we were given. All right? What we end up with at the end of this year and what we have, hopefully, eternal things to lay at the feet of Christ one day, what we have at the end of this year is going to be a reflection of what we did with what we were given. Now, notice what the Bible says we've been given in verse number 16. If you're here tonight or you're watching on live stream, you've been given something we're certain about, better than the stimulus, by the way. The Bible says redeeming the time. If you're here tonight, you're drawing a breath, you're watching on live stream, if your heart is still beating, as far as I can tell, most of you look like you're still with me. It's a little early to be falling asleep in the message, okay? Just wait a little while before you doze off or just look like you're praying if you do. If you're here tonight, you've been given time. God has given us a new year at least. He's giving us three days into this new year. And what we end up with at the end of this year is going to be based on what we did with our time. 
Right now, this is all that we have. So many of the things that we thought we had secure in this country uh, have slowly been eroding over the last year that we have. And the only thing we are certain that we have right now is the time that God has given us to work with. And what we end up with at the end of this year will be a reflection of what we did with our time. Now, folks, this goes for our young people and our adults alike. Alike. It's kind of like a canvas, you know, every once in a while, Miss Lynn will be up here having those painting classes at church, and they'll have these blank canvases, and she's asked me to get in on a few of them from time to time, but I would hate to waste a perfectly good canvas trying to paint. I have no artistic ability whatsoever, and I'm not afraid to admit it. I really can't. My daughter's pretty good at that kind of stuff, but I have none of that ability of myself, and so we're going to have to move on to some other talent and try to figure out what my gift is for sure, but they'll take those blank canvases... And they'll just start adding a little bit here and a little bit there. And I think Ms. Pam has one in her office right now. And it's amazing what happens when you slowly add a little here, a little here, and a little there. You have a beautiful picture start to take shape. That's the way our time is. Our time is kind of a blank canvas. And you can do all kinds of things with time. Think about it. You can spend your time. You can waste your time. And you can run out of your time. I have done all three and done them very well. I have spent my time. I have wasted time. I've run out of time. Usually, I'm usually the guy that's running late. They keep posting that thing on Facebook. You know, you have to name one person that's going to be late to something, and you win $1,000 or something like that. I'm usually the guy people want to tag in that. Well, I'm usually running late. I'm running out of time. You can spend it. You can waste it. But notice the Bible says we're supposed to do something particular with our time in verse number 16. The Bible says we're to redeem our time, to redeem our time. Now, if we get to the end of 2021, if the good Lord tarries and allows us to have 362 more days, what you have at the end of this year will be the result of what you redeemed your time for. Now, the word redeem means to make wise and sacred use of opportunity, all right? Time is precious, Time is precious. By the way, you'll never have the time that you had this morning again. It is gone. Those seconds have ticked off the clock. That time has passed. It is gone. I hope you redeemed it the way the Lord would have you to redeem it, but it's already passed. And one day when we get to the end of our life, what we have to show for our life will be a direct result of what we did with our time and what we redeemed it for. What does redeem mean? To make wise and sacred use of the opportunity. I love the fact that the definition includes the word sacred. Time should be sacred to us. How many folks who have left this life right before they would draw their last breath, what did they want more than anything? Just a little more time. What do people that are in hell right now want? Just a little more time to make that decision to get saved. What do some in heaven even right now? Listen, there's going to come a time where we're not going to have what we could have had to lay at the feet of Christ. Why? We did not redeem our time for things that were eternal. Now, folks, I told you Wednesday night, if the Lord tarries, we're going to be back at this place at the last service of the year in 2021 in 362 days. And you're going to want to look back and see things that are eternal that you redeemed your time for. What does it mean again? Things that you made use of your time that were eternal. Now, notice what the Bible says about this in verse 16, redeeming the time because the days are evil. You see, time has to be exchanged for something. Now, we're not going to have a normal three-point message, all right? Be excited about that. We're just going to go down the line tonight, and you're going, as my daughter said, you're just going to have to pay attention, all right? You're going to have to pay attention and jot down whatever the Holy Spirit of God gives you. Time is not like an, uh, not like an island, you know? 
used to the, the conquistadors and those explorers would come along an island and they would plant their flag and they would claim that whole island for their country, kind of like the United States did the moon. I mean, we planted our flag there, right? So it's ours. We, we own the moon. I mean, we planted our flag. Some of you, I, mean, I can see it. Some of you don't believe we ever went there, did you? My wife's right there with you. Look at her smiling. My wife said, I'm not exactly sure we went there. She's, I don't know if she's flat earth or what, but uh, she's not quite sure that we even ever went to the moon. Uh, I'm going to pay for that one later. I can see the smile. You know, there's a funny smile that your spouse gives you, and there's that smile like, I'm just smiling because other people are watching. Yeah, that's the smile that I'm, I'm getting right now. But the, back to the subject, those explorers would plant their flag and just claim it. All right, I claim this island for Prince George or, or Prince Charles or whoever it is, and it was all done in one fell swoop. Would it be neat if we could claim this year for Christ right now and it's in entirety and it's done? We just claimed it for Christ right now. God, this whole year is yours. Whew, we're glad we got that over with. Doesn't work that way. Doesn't work that way. You have to redeem it one piece at a time. Why? Because the Bible says in the book of James that our life is but a vapor. It appeareth and vanisheth away. Our life is a bunch of little pieces. You know what we call them? Seconds. Minutes. Hours. Days. Weeks. Months. And a year. You see, the way that we can win a year and make it ours tonight is by what you redeem those seconds, your minutes, your days, your weeks. That's, that's how you redeem a year. I wrote something years ago, and I try to live by this today. From time to time, I'll get off for sure. I wrote myself this note years ago. Minutes must matter. Hours must be honored. Days must be devoted. Weeks must be won. Months must be made. And then the year will be yours. I hated getting to the end of years and looking back at the end of the year and you think, I lost a year. How do you lose a year? I've lost a lot of things in my life, but how do you go about losing? A I've lost pocket knives. I've lost cell phones. I've lost Bibles on the top of my car. Never put your Bible on the roof of your car. You're going to lose it just as sure as the world. I lost my first preaching Bible that way. And I'm sure it got ground up by one of the, the M-dot bush hogs on the ditch on the side of the road. I just pictured my Bible getting chewed up there on the side of the road. Why? I lost it. How do you lose a year? You can't lose a year. You lose minutes. And then you lose hours. And then you lose days. And then you lose weeks. And then you lose months. That's what the Bible says that our time has to be redeemed. I watched an interesting documentary the other day on some of the barrier islands off the coast of Texas. And they're showing satellite images over the last 10 years how much those barrier islands have disappeared. I mean, the islands were huge, so many miles wide or so many miles long. And over the years, the erosion of the waves just lapping up on the shore have slowly, they said it was global warming, uh, you know, lapping up on the shores have slowly eaten the island away. And little by little, Grains of sand at a time, the wave would come up and take a little sand. The wave would come up, take a little sand. And over the years, that, those waves have eroded those islands away one grain at a time. This is how we get to the end of years and we look back and we're thinking, I have nothing to show from I lost a year. How do we lose it? By not redeeming it in those little areas. So tonight, what I want to show you is a very, very simple thought on the tale of our time. The tale of our time. What I want to show you tonight is very, very simple. I want to show you how to save time. 
And I want to show you how to waste time because I have done both. Uh, the other day, my wife's birthday was uh, the first, and uh, not a whole lot of things open on the first, so she loves antiquing, and so we went out to do some antiquing uh, together, and uh, man, she found her some of that fabulous uh, luggage from the 1960s, 1960s, I guess, it was before my time, uh, and she just loves that kind of stuff, and so a lot of these antique stores, they don't take cash, I mean, they only t- take cash, they don't take cards. I forget where we were, but they, they didn't take plastic, and that's usually what I use most of the time. And behind my, I'm not going to tell you where, but I have an emergency $100 bill. I always keep an emergency $100 bill somewhere on my person, all right? It's gone. Do not hit me up when we leave the parking lot. So I get ready to pay for whatever was there, and uh, I, I realized they didn't take plastic, so I went for my emergency $100 bill, and it was not there. I'm thinking, well, man, this is not good to have an emergency $100 bill, and now you have an emergency, and you don't have any money to pay for it. And then I realized what happened to it. I was out Christmas shopping just a few weeks ago. Man, it's tough having a wife whose birthday is a week after Christmas, you know? And I realized while I was out somewhere else I was at, they didn't take plastic, and I had to spend cash too, and I broke it. Now, what I bought only cost $20, $20, and I had an emergency 100 But all of a sudden, my emergency 100 is gone. You know what happened? As soon as I broke it, a 20 here and a 20 there and a Dairy Queen here and a grilled cheese there, it was gone. It was gone. I didn't lose the 100. I lost the 20s. And I'm going to tell you, look, you're not just going to lose 2021, all right? It's going to be the tale of your time. You're going to lose it through the, the moments, those seconds and those minutes and those hours. That's how you're going to lose this year. And so you've got to make a conscious effort to redeem the time. I'm going to say, matter of fact, yesterday I'm sitting at the house and I had several things to do throughout the day and my wife had that honeydew list and I'm trying to do better in the new year. Not wait six months to fix the, le- fix the leaky faucet, stuff like that. Yesterday I was on a tear. Right, honey? Amen? That was a good opportunity for you to amen there. I was just on this tear of fixing things. Man, I was patching holes in the sheetrock that I had made uh, and fixing different things around the house, cleaning up the backyard, taking out the scraps and the garbage in the same day. I was on a tear. Why? My wife's clapping right now. I wish she had one of those Vestal Goodman hankies. She could just wave it up a little bit just to say amen. I decided this year I don't want to waste my time. I want to redeem it. And it begins in those moments. I said, you know what? I've got five minutes to patch that sheetrock. So I went in Miley's room last night at 9.30, and I'm patching the sheetrock. We had a leak in our wall. I had to find it. And the best way to find it is just cut a hole in the wall. And I had five extra minutes. And so I went back there, and I did the sheetrock. My wife needed some pictures hung on the wall, so I went, hung the pictures on the wall. It's amazing the things you can get done when you decide to redeem your time. But I could have just spent those minutes and those hours sitting on the couch, and I would have lost it. So tonight, I want to show you how to waste some time, and I want to show you how to save some time. It's a lot like money. It's got to be budgeted. Now, Ephesians chapter 5, long introduction, usually means short message. You ought to know me well enough by now to know that. Ephesians chapter 5 gives us a laundry list of things we can do to save time spiritually and to waste our time. But understand this tonight. There's a lot of things that are going to vie for your time. Have you found that out? There's a lot of things want your time. 
A lot of things are calling out to you, and they want those minutes. They want those hours. They want those days. They want those weeks. And they're call- Matter of fact, it reminds me, we were in Jamaica years ago. There's a place called Ocho Rios. It means eight rivers, and it's a tourist trap. And I, look, they get me every time with that stuff. You know the hand-carved goodies? I think they get them from Guatemala or something, but they say that they made them right there. I know they didn't make them right there because I saw the same thing in Mexico. You know, They just changed the label on them. And I'm walking through there. Do you remember in Ocho Rios? They're calling out to you. Hey, over here. Hey, over here. Everybody wanted what I had. What did I have? American money. That's what they wanted. And everybody there wanted that American money. And they're calling out to you. And I'm just like in tourist trap heaven. Walking along, getting the trinkets. Man, I got me one of those Jamaican drums. I drove everybody nuts on the mission trip I was with. Wrote me a little song on that steel drum. Man, I bought me a machete. If you ever go to Jamaica, everybody's got to get a machete when you come back. It's a great gift for your family. I bought all kinds of coffee, Jamaican Blue Mountain coffee. Oh, my goodness gracious. I'm walking through there, and all these people are calling out to me. They want what I have. And i got to decide, who am I going to give it? Man, this lady's got this. So I, le- look, I learn how to, you know, to go back and forth and pit them against each other. Hey, he said, you this. what do you say about this? Man, I got them down. It was already dirt cheap. I got them down. That was kind of fun. Now I don't know how you guys like to do that. But I had to decide who to give the resources I have. Now, in this life, there's all kinds of things going to vie for your time. And you've got to decide what you're going to give it to and what you're going to redeem it with. Now, let's look at Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to look at just a few things tonight. Now, the first thing we're going to look at is how to save some time. How to save some time. Verse number 1 shows us. Now, verse 19, I'm sorry, verse number 16 says, redeem the time. Redeem your time. And then he gives us things all the way ahead of that that shows us how we can redeem our time. Verse 1, be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. Be followers of God as your children. Now, can I tell you one of the easiest ways to save time? If you're ever going somewhere, find someone who's already been there. Amen? Now, look, men, I know it's hard for us. I know this is hard. We have that built-in, all-natural, never-wrong GPS. It's the guy positioning system. We never get lost. We know where we're going even if we've never been there before. We just like to take the scenic route sometimes to get there, all right? Show you around, let you see what the area is like, and good night, five hours later, you've gone two miles down the road. And then you find someone who lives there, someone who's been there before, and they say, hey, just follow me. Just follow me. And you get in line and you start following them, and they take you to the place that was hiding from you, disguised over where you couldn't find it. That's why you didn't find it the first time, the first ten times you passed by there. Now watch this. He's showing us how we can redeem our time and how to save time. And one of the best ways you can save time in the new year is to decide you're going to be a follower of Christ. You're not going to go and try to figure everything out on your own. You're going to get where God wants you to go, not based on what you think and leaning on your own understanding. You're going to get where God wants you to go because you're going to follow him to get there. It'll save us a whole lot of time. You know, a lot of people tonight, they're not in church whatsoever, they have no desire to be in church. Do you know why? Because they're going to figure it out. They're going to find their own way. And they're going to prove that they've got it figured out and God doesn't know what he's talking about. By the way, can I tell you, God's always going to be right. You're going to prove God right. Never forget that. You will always prove God right, whether by the blessings of God or the providence of God in your life, or you're going to prove it right by the, by the dead ends you go to that he told you not to. But you're going to prove God right. Look, if you want to end this year and look back on this year seeing what God did, the quickest route that you can save time to fulfill the will of God is just to follow Christ. 
Now notice what he says, be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. Now, it wasn't too many years ago that I was a child. I mean, you know, 20 years, 30 years ago maybe that I was a child. I remember going hunting with my dad. I've told you this story before. And dad liked to get out there early, early before the sun ever came up to get in the stand and let the woods quieten down. And we get out there, it'd be dark, and we're over in Lucas, Mississippi, toward Monticello. And we're walking down through these woods, and oh my goodness, it's dark out there in the middle of the woods. And Dad kept his light down low. Dad wasn't shining. Oh, you didn't shine out in the woods. That was a no-no. Dad's walking down through there, and, we're, and man, Dad says, just follow me. All right, all right. Look, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I think follow me just puts my feet where his feet are. And so sometimes I even put my foot on his foot. So he'd step there, I'd step there. He'd step there, I'd step there. Amazing. Never got lost. Amazing, we always made it to the deer stand. Amazing, I always made it home. Amazing, sometimes I even killed a deer. Killed my first deer there when I was 12, year, 12 years old. Killed my first deer right there at that place. What happened? I just followed him. How did you get there? I just followed him. How did you get back safely? I just followed him. How did you be so fruitful while you were there? I just followed him. Can I tell you tonight, you could save a whole lot of time in your spiritual life and you could redeem the time just by being a follower of God as dear children. Sometimes we grow up too fast spiritually. We don't need to hold our father's hand anymore. I remember I was in kindergarten, Jacksonville, Florida, uh, Miss Gibbs class, that was her name. Uh, and I remember my mom's walking me down to my class and get down there, get ready to walk in. You know, I don't know if I'm one of those other guys see me holding my mom's hand, you know. I didn't know better at the time. And uh, so I just kind of, I got it, I got it, I got it. You know, as sophisticated as a five-year-old can be, I'm going to walk in there. I wish I had a briefcase. Back hindsight, I wish I had a briefcase instead of a Transformers lunchbox. But, you know, you go walking in there. I didn't need her to hold my hand anymore. I'm five years old. I'm grown up. And we do the same thing with our father, don't we? I don't need to hold your hand anymore. I got this. I can find my own way. And just like the children of Israel, we take a long time to get to a short destination. I read a little bit this afternoon. My brain is not as sharp, Brother Matthews, as it used to be. Brother AJ told me it happens when you turn 40, and I think he's right. I had to go back and read some things on that journey the children of Israel took from Egypt to the promised land. As best I can tell, it should have taken 11 days. 11 days. As a matter of fact, the Bible says in Exodus chapter 13, listen to this. And the Lord went before them. What is the only thing they have to do? Follow. There's a place he wants them to get to. There's a place they want to get to. And the quickest route is to follow the Lord that went before them. Listen. (laughs) I mean, my goodness gracious. The Bible says... By day in a pillar of a cloud to lead them the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light. To go by day and night, he took not away the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. He made it as easy as you could get it. He says, all you have to do is follow the cloud. I'm in the cloud. Follow the cloud. Matter of fact, I'll even give you a nightlight. I mean, isn't God so accommodating? Just follow the cloud. 11 days. And yet, how long did it take them? 40 years. That's the longest shortcut I've ever been on, for sure. And how often do we do that in our spiritual life tonight? How often do we decide, you know what, we're going to have a fruitful 2021. We want to have a 2021 where we fulfill the will of God. We're going to do it. 
We're going to get where God's leading us in 2021. We're going to have Vision Sunday next Sunday. All excited about where God is leading Central Baptist Church. And oh, we're going to get there. And just a week into this thing, we decide, you know what? Thank you, God. We can handle it from here. And you're going to turn an 11-day journey into a 40-year march And you're going to lose a lot of people along the way when all we had to do was be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. You want to save some time in the new year. You want to redeem some time in the new year. Can I tell you the best way to do that? Just be a follower of God. I'm just going to follow him. Look, I've I've not been uh, hesitant to tell you the last 10 months there's been a lot of head-scratching moments. Just go to God and say, God, what do you want? You just tell me what you want. We're going to do it. So what if somebody doesn't like it? Look, after a while, you kind of get used to folks not liking what you do because if you wait for everybody to like what you do, the odds are you're not going to do much in this life. Is that the truth? Amen. So you know what? I say, God, you just tell me what to do. We're going to do it. It's amazing. God always brings you through, and he saves you time if you just learn to follow. As a matter of fact, look at verse 2. Verse 2, the Bible says, and walk in love. These next two words are very important. The Bible says, ask Christ. As Christ. What's amazing is, look, you see the accommodation of God to the children of Israel, giving them a pillar of, of cloud by day and fire by night. God says, I want to give you something to follow. In the New Testament, do you know who he gave us? He gave us Christ. The Bible says, and walk in love as Christ. He gave us a pattern to follow. There's no reason we can get it wrong. You know, every once in a while, I'll get a hankering for cooking, and my wife will let me cook. I forget what it was I was making the other day. It was Christmas time. Snickerdoodles. Snickerdoodles. Me and Miley were making snickerdoodles. And I've never made snickerdoodles. I didn't quite know what they were. I was just going, what I did was I took all the ingredients we had in the refrigerator that were bakeable ingredients. I put them on the counter and I put them all in my phone. And my phone says, you can make this with that. Do you know you can do that? I had like butter and flour. And I says, can you make something with this? And my phone says, yes. So I started taking the list and mixing them together and putting all this and refrigerate it for a little while. You got to refrigerate it long enough, you know, get it firm. And we rolled it out. After a while, I put the cinnamon and sugar. My wife came home. She said, what's that smell? I said, snickerdoodles. She said, where'd you get those? We made them. Me and Miley, we made them. We even dipped some of them in chocolate. We even sprinkled some of them with crushed up peppermint. I'm telling you, we could be on one of these food shows. I'm just sure of it by now. But do you know how we made it? Never believed this. We just follow these instructions they had online. It's amazing. When you just follow the rules and the instructions they gave you, the product was exactly what it was supposed to be. And that's what God tells Central Baptist Church in 2021. Be followers of God and steal your children. Why? Because that's the best way to redeem your time. Why would we waste our time following after what we think and leaning on our own understanding? We want to reach the end of the year and be fulfilling and to fulfill the will of God. We're going to have to be a follower. That's how we save time. Or we have the alternative, Isaiah 53, 6. Let me read it for you right quick. The Bible says, all we, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. Well, we can see ourselves in that, can't we? Isn't there a temptation? We get going. By the way, I have no doubt in my mind, my opinion, that so many things we're going through in America because God is showing us the end result of our own way. America did not get to where we are right now because we followed God. God did not lead us into this. We went our own way. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And that's why we find this 11-day journey taking us so long and so arduous and losing so many along the way. 
Verse 2 gives us Christ as a pattern. He says, all you have to do is follow. He said, what do you know, how, to, how do you know what to follow? Look down at verse number 10. The Bible says, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. Very simple. We follow Christ, we will prove what is acceptable to the Lord. I was thinking this afternoon, I remember when I first surrendered to preach, 15 years old, trying to figure some things out, and uh, growing up at the tail end of the golden age of fundamentalism, if you wanted to call it that, where so many preachers had flamboyant personalities and bombastic personalities. And as a young 15-year-old preacher, you're thinking, okay, I've got to have this, this niche, you know, this niche where, you know, you got to have your thing. Was it Billy Sunday slid into the pulpit? And I found out that preachers who made a name for themselves usually had one of two things. You either had eloquence or flamboyance. The ones who were not eloquent decided to be flamboyant. And so you got to decide, okay, I'm not eloquent. I'm going to have to be flamboyant. You try to, and after a while, you just realize, you know what? I'm not eloquent or flamboyant. Bless your heart. You voted on me, all right? So you got what you got. Trying to decide, what kind of preacher should I be? And after a while, you know what? I just realized, why don't I just ask God who he wants me to be? If he didn't make me eloquent or flamboyant, I'm just going to be who he's called me to be and be a follower of God as dear children. And you know what? It may not be eloquent or flamboyant, but it's approved and it's acceptable unto the Lord. Sometimes it's tempta- there's a temptation to preach what people want to hear and what people like to hear. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. The prophet Jeremiah, God told him, be not afraid of their faces. That's why it's nice if you smile every once in a while. Even if it's a stinker, Smile. Why? Because your faces sometimes can make it like, it, look, if you ever see me just looking down, it's because nobody's smiling. Smile every once in a while. Look, start thinking about going deer hunting or something, get a smile on your face, and at least I think it's about the preaching. Amen? The Bible says in verse 10, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. You want to save time, learn to follow Christ. You want to save time, learn to follow Christ. And that is what is acceptable to the Lord. But the second thing I want to show you this is very, very important. I want to show you how to waste time. Look at verse 3. He shows us verse 1 and 2, how we can redeem the time and save time by following Christ. He's been there. He knows where he's going. But verse 3 through verse 7 is very important. Notice, but fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. Now, he's telling us what not to do. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this ye know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. Now I want you to know the things in verse 3 through verse number 7 are things we are all capable of, but they are not advisable. Why? One, because they're not pleasing unto God, but two, they're a waste of the time that God's given you. Now, when you read these things, there's something that jumps out as a parallel that you're going to see back in Galatians chapter 5. Turn there with me right quick. Galatians chapter number 5, just a few verses back, or chapters back to your left. Look down, if you would, to verse number 19. What we're seeing in Ephesians chapter 5, he's telling us these things are a waste of time. What are these things? Verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are made manif- are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murderers, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Do you know what he's telling us is a waste of time? Walking in the flesh. 
walking in the flesh. We see in Ephesians chapter number five, he says, look, these things you shouldn't be not once named of you. Matter of fact, he goes on to say, for the sake of time, I'll skip over it right quick, but he says, for ye sometimes were in darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Verse 11, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. If you desire to redeem your time in the new year, listen, we cannot allow our flesh to dictate the terms. This is what he's telling us. He's saying, listen, if you want to redeem your time, be followers of Christ as dear children. But if you want to waste your time, walk in the flesh. Paul said in Romans 7 that in his flesh dwelleth no good thing. How often do we waste so much of the time that God's given us? Now remember, the time you have allotted you, you will never get again. Once you spend it, it's like that $100 bill. Once you break it, it's gone. And you're never going to have that opportunity to put it toward the use of something that could glorify God. And again, so he's telling us, if you want to waste your time, walk in the flesh. Every moment you walk in the flesh and the desires of the flesh, that is wasted time. Now, folks, I'm going to tell you, just like those folks in Jamaica that call out to you, there's so many appealing things in this life that vie for our time, and they're alluring. They're alluring. By the way, not all of them are these X-rated sins. You know, there's a sin called idleness that can be just as devastating to the time that God gives you. The devil can package it very, very neatly. But here's what I want you to understand. You've got to decide what you're going to spend it on. Good example is Moses. Think about what Moses was offered. Here's Moses, and he has Egypt over here, and he has the children of Israel, the people of God, and a rough road. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, the Bible says he chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for season. He knew that it was fleeting. He looked at Egypt, and even though the, the pyramids and all that are still there today, the riches of Egypt were fleeting. He knew that the time that he had been given was precious, and he could invest the time in Egypt, but it was fleeting. It was just for a season. He would have nothing to show for the time he was given if he had chose to go that route. The Bible says he chose to suffer affliction with the people of God. He says, you know what? This is going to yield me something more eternal to a city whose builder and maker is God. He says, you know what? That's what I want to invest in. But he had to choose whether or not to retain his time only in this life or to invest his time in the life to come. Now, folks, tonight, I don't know about you, but I want to save my time. And invested in something eternal, therefore we follow Christ. But if you want to waste it, the Bible says between verse 3 and verse number 7, look down at verse number 11, the Bible shows you how serious he is. And have no fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. He's like, don't waste your time. Don't waste your time. Oh, how the momentary pleasures are there to have the fellowship with those who are living the same rotten lifestyle you are. Feels good for a little while. The Bible says you shouldn't have that fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness. Rather, you should be reproving them. Why? That's how you invest your time into something a little bit more eternal. But here's where the problem comes in. Verse 6 shows us, let no man deceive you with vain words. The devil has some smooth talkers out there, doesn't he? Oh, does he? That's why I stay away from car lots. They'll get you. You know, I'm going to the mall on Christmas. I don't go to the mall very often, 
You go to the mall around Christmas time, walking down through there, and you got those people with the booths set up in the middle. You know, got that, what is it, dead sea salt? You know, do your nails and all that. And she asked me, can I do your nails? I'm like, my wife will kill you. You try to take me, can I try this lotion on you? I was like, lady, she, she can stick her thumb in the eye socket like nobody's business. You know, you don't want to go there. I'm doing this for your own good. Now, those folks that had the free samples of food, maybe we're going to stop by there. You know, they had that thing at Christmas time. They put on your head to massage your scalp. Come on now, you folks. All right, just smile anyway. You know, it looks like a clothes hanger, wires coming down, and you put it on top of your head, and it just knocks you out. It says, sir, can I try this on you? No, no, no. Now, sir, I want you to know it's the most wonderful thing in the world. Oh, man, they're vain talkers. Oh, they're trying to sell you something. Why? Because you have something they want. You have the money, and they've got this cheapo little goods here they want to sell you that's going to break before you ever get home. And that money's gone. You've wasted it. Why? Because of vain talkers. Be careful tonight. Read in the book of Proverbs. If you're following through with your Bible reading list, you read through Proverbs, that strange woman who calls out to the simple. Oh, she's a smooth talker. But the Bible says you're spending your substance. You look that word substance up, you know what it means? It means inheritance. You're wasting your future. You're spending the prodigal son. What happened to the prodigal son? Something talked him into it. Something talked, the bright lights, I don't know if it was friends or people, something talked. What happened to Eve? Oh, Eve had something that the devil wanted. He just kept talking. I read that in my Bible reading this week as we started over in Genesis about that serpent being the most subtle beast of the field. Oh, he's a smooth talker. The Bible says, verse number six, let no man deceive you with vain words. Oh, how the devil desires to smooth talk you into giving him your most priceless possession other than your soul. That's your time. That's your time. And you look back at the end of 2021, and you're going to see that you don't have much to show because you wasted your time living in the flesh and walking in the flesh. Jeremiah 17, 5, the Bible says, Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man and maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. You've got to decide what we're going to trust in this year and what we're going to invest our time in this year, or else we're going to find ourselves bankrupt at the end of the year, not having anything to lay at the feet of Jesus, were he to call us home. Now, I'm going to hurry and give you this before we're done. Notice what the Bible says when you look down, verse 11 and verse number 12, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. How serious do you think God is about not wasting our time? He says, don't even talk about the things that they do. Don't waste your time talking about those things. It seems like God puts a high commodity on the time that we have. What is the poem, the song that says, only one life soon be, uh, will soon be passed, only what's done for Christ will last. We only have a limited amount of time. The Bible says don't even waste your time. Don't redeem your time speaking of things which are done of them in secret. So folks, tonight we look down one more time to verse number 16. The Bible says redeeming the time. Because the days are evil. The end of this year will be a reflection of what you did with what you were given. In my wallet, I think I still have them here. I have to keep my Christmas receipts in my wallet to keep her from finding them. Yeah, because she's slick like that. Bank ledgers, you know. Oh, I, have to be, I had to open my own Amazon account this year. Because I didn't realize she could see what I bought. 
Now, she, she doesn't cheat, you know. She doesn't go and look, but she's going to see it anyway. You know, recently looked at things, Roomba. I mean, there it is, best gift ever. My wife sits there and watches her vacuum like I sit on a deer stand watching a big buck walk by. She just watches it. I mean, I'm thinking about buying the Roomba a friend, another Roomba, so there'll be two of them for her to watch. They're, they said they make the mop. I'm thinking about buying the mop, just go around. and I don't know what she's going to do with all of her time, to be honest with you. Getting her all these machines to do the housework, you know, I guess, I guess more time to rub my back, stuff like that. But anyway, in my wallet, I have all of these receipts. Uh, these are from purchases throughout the Christmas season, things I bought my wife, and I had to hold on to them just in case she didn't like what I got her and I was going to take them back. And you look at my wallet, you know what my wallet is? It's a reflection of the things that I spent my money on. I mean, I'm going through these receipts and I get to the one, you know, where the room was at. I'm like, yeah, that was a good one. Home run, home run. Who would have thought a vacuum cleaner because she asked me for it months ago, and I says, no, no. You don't get somebody something to work with for Christmas. I said, you know, it's like, I wouldn't want a shovel. Don't buy me a shovel for Christmas. Don't buy me a weed eater. I want something to play with. I want a blowgun, a BB gun, something like that, something to shoot something with. No, listen, don't get me a shovel for Christmas. Man, I look back at that receipt for that Roomba. And I'm like, boy, that was a good one. I'm thinking about framing this one. Worth every, and I even got it on Black Friday, so it was extra cheap. Worth every penny. I like to sit back and watch my wife sit back and watch her vacuum. Oh, man. You know what? That $200 ain't in there no more. But, man, what I spent it on is, it was well worth it. But then, man, I start going through these receipts. Look down, and there's like a Burger King like, man, why did I do that? Krispy Kreme, the sign was on. Two dozen for $12. Whoa. Nobody was in line. If you get there, there's nobody in line. That's a miracle in itself. It's meant to be. The light is on. Follow the light. You know, get in line. Go get you two for 12. Look back at all the Krispy Kremes that are there. And I'm like, good night. Do you know how much money I spent on Krispy Kremes over Christmas? At the end of the year, we're all going to go through our spiritual wallets. We're going to look at what we have for the time that we spent. And I assure you, you're going to wish that everything in there not only brings joy to your heart, but glory to God. That you took your time and you did what verse 17 says, or verse 16, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Can I ask you tonight, are you going to save time? Or are you going to waste time? You save time by being a follower of God. The quickest way to find and fulfill the will of God is follow someone who knows where it's at. Be followers of God as your children. That's the way to save time. Or you can waste time tonight by walking in the flesh and going your own way. And oh, that's time you're never going to get back. But in 362 days, if the Lord should tarry, 362 days, we're going to have the tale of our time. We're going to look back, and we're going to see what we did with what we had. And I pray tonight it's something that not only brings joy to your heart, but glory to God. So tonight, let's have our heads bowed and eyes closed just for a few minutes.